0: It's November 21st, 2018, and you're listening to the Architecture Happy Hour. I'm Laura. And I'm Holly. And it's a two-drink minimum, so grab your glass and let's get started. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. We're very excited to be back here on... Uh, just a couple days before Thanksgiving, actually, getting a few days of work in before the holidays. How are you, Holly?
1: I'm doing great. Looking forward to all the turkey.
0: (laughs) The last couple podcasts, we haven't had you. I've done a couple solo episodes, so it's fun to be back in the studio again and recording.
1: It is.
0: So you've been busy. You've been out on job sites, and and, uh, the last one we were both working from home, but... We've got several projects that are going quite busy in the office, don't we? Yeah, it seems like at the end of the year, everybody's wanting to hurry up and get stuff done before the holidays
1: or at least get it done for the first of the year so that they're raring to go with their new digs by the time the first of the year runs around.
0: Exactly. Well, and so since the holidays are upon us, um, I have noticed recently on Facebook that there's a new ad going around, a video. That features Elton John and Holly and I just watched this video together and we might as well have had a couple boxes of Kleenex in here because I was like ugly crying bawling
1: well it's amazing I just love Elton John he I sort of grew up with Elton John as he got older I got older
0: (laughs) (laughs) well so this video portrays Elton John as he's sitting, of course, at his piano, as he often is. And I don't want to give away the entire video, but it essentially reminds us that some of the best gifts that we really cherish, we get as children. And that they actually can really, not necessarily foretell the future, but influence but influence the future and influence, if they speak to our passions, it can make all the difference in the world. So that has inspired us today to... Focus this podcast on what toys did we receive as kids? What did we really enjoy that really spoke to our passion of architecture? And we hope this is gonna be a great reference list for you if you've got little ones in your world or even teenagers or college kids, anybody who loves architecture, that these might be some ideas of some wonderful gifts that they will remember for a very long time.
1: Or even if they're not into architecture, they have some other passion. If you can find out what the kids are interested in, a lot of times that speaks to really who they are and get them a gift that reinforces whatever they're interested in. Absolutely. Because, you know, Of course, all kids are interested in cell phones, but that's just because cell phones have so many different things on them that speak to different interests for kids. But if you can find other constructive toys that will really help them grow, that's wonderful.
0: Well, for example, my 10-year-old, Matthew, is very interested in NASCAR right now. He loves watching all the different, you know, of course, loves watching the races but loves knowing about the drivers and about their sponsors. And apparently every car, almost every car gets a new paint job at every race. And they're, sometimes they're throwback retro themes. Sometimes they're like holiday specific. So Halloween time or whatever, you know, different parts of the year, they have different paint schemes on these cars. Oh, I had no idea about any of that, but he's totally into it. And so what that evolved into was finding a stop motion, video app for his iPad and then we got out the x knife and the foam core and we built a Texas Motor Speedway model in our you know at home so that he could make stop motion videos with his die cast cars it's just wow fascinating that he because he's watched these stop motion videos on YouTube he loves watching videos on YouTube and he then took steps and he actually came to me And said, hey, mom, can we make this model of this stop motion, you know, of the raceway so I can make these cool crash scenes and, you know, the racing. And I can, you know, make this driver ahead of this driver and act out these actual, you know, scenes from real races. I mean, some of these kids that do these videos, they're really good. So I was really excited to help him with that. Not only, of course, because I got to cut foam core. I mean, hello, take me right back to architecture studio but to really kind of feed his passion for this NASCAR topic but do it in a way that he gets to explore technology and gets to learn a new skill and we get to really do this together so that was a lot of fun we got to look up graphics on Google and logos for the the Texas Motor Speedway and I got to show him how to cut things out and you know, we talked about scale. We talked about, like, well, how do you want this race to look? And it just, like, evolved into all these discussions that I had no idea that that's where it would go. So that's a great example of, you know, take one little interest and then just extrapolate it. Just go crazy and see where it can go because he was having a blast with it. Kind of fun. You know? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's super fun. And now, of course, the first one we made is too small. He's ready to upgrade. We're we're ready (laughs) ready for Racetrack 2.0. So he's like, okay, so now we need black foam core. And now we need, you know, like the supplies we have at the house are not good enough. We need it bigger. And we need to bank the turns so we can get, you know, proper alignment with the this and the that. And
1: Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. He's
0: fully into it now. You know, of course... That's where he is in the world right now. He's 10 years old, and NASCAR is just about the coolest thing. So, But you're reinforcing that interest and bringing in other things that are educational at the same time. Yeah. And he's learning a lot of stuff without even realizing it. Exactly, and he's excited about it. And it's getting to actually use his NASCAR car collection that he's so interested in building right now. He wants every car. Every time we go to Walmart or Target, he wants to go look in the toy section for these NASCARs so it's getting to use that collection in a different way rather than just kind of lining them up and other things so anyway so that's you know a current day example but holly and i wanted to sort of reminisce and go back to our childhoods and see what what did we remember being our most favorite toys so holly i know you've got some great ones because you grew up with three brothers i grew up with three brothers dad who was and i grew up
1: sort of a generation before you (laughs) so there weren't all sorts of Really neat things, even though we had neat things for back then, because I grew up in the fifties. Okay. Yeah. You know, so uh, there's some
0: fantastic toys in the fifties.
1: Oh, there were fantastic toys, and in fact, I have a first edition Barbie oh, because wow. when I was growing up, and I was you know five or six, is when. Barbie first came out, and I've still got that one up in my attic someplace. Remember the last time I looked at her, her earlobes had turned green because the, <laughs> the earrings had sort of melted into her oh, head. Oh, no.
0: She's probably not quite pristine. It, uh, no. she's not quite ready
1: for prime time anymore (laughs) and my recollection is when I pulled the box out I still have the original box for the Ken doll too and I pulled that box out and pulled the lid off and there was Ken sitting there and all of his flocked hair had fallen off and so (laughs) he was now bald which fits for today's time there we go but you know he had sort of gone bald with age I guess you might call it but my interest in Barbie wasn't really the Barbie my interest in Barbie was the house
0: oh yes because
1: I got Barbie's dream house so I spent all my time instead of dressing the dolls the dolls just sort of sat there in the corner (laughs) I spent all my time moving furniture around and even building furniture for Barbie's dream house oh yeah and and you know, expanding on that. And so it was all about the building, even at that point in time. And and I would bring in blocks and other building sets that I had because I had the Lincoln Logs and I had Tinker Toys and um, probably the most fascinating building set that I grew up with was, and you can look this up online because I've seen some vintage ones, it's the Kenner girder and panel set and you could build these skyscrapers out of these little plastic beams and girders and then they had curtain wall panels that you snapped onto it so it looked like the modern 50s skyscrapers and it was all size for HO train sets. That's and really cool. we grew up with HO train sets because I had three brothers so I was just one of the boys. You know, so we were constantly building model houses and making whole towns and stuff for the train sets. So there's urban design and architecture right there, because I was always fascinated with putting all that kind of stuff together and you know, with all the different types of building sets that we had when I was growing up. And that was probably my dad's influence because he was an architect, so he was always getting us those types of toys.
0: Well, so, and in in my house, I grew up with a sister, so I didn't have quite as much exposure to being around boys or all the the building blocks and the train sets, and I know my husband did. We have a lot of his old train sets from when he was a kid, but for me, it was all about making things, and so I loved spending my summers um, when we were out of school at the ceramic studio. My mom still has plenty of the ceramic pieces that I made, you know, back in the mid-80s, and for me it was like i could not get enough art supplies so give me colored pencils give me the paints and the just anything that i could color with or create or paint with i was oh, thr- yeah. i was thrilled i was busy for hours if you gave me that give me a, one of those fabulous you know that opened up in three and four sections, those art kits. That... Yes, I had one of those, and it was <laughs> fabulous. Yes, and I still drool over them, and I just want to linger in the aisle when I see those. I just want to be near them now. But anything that had to do with jewelry making or beading, um, I loved that. When uh, when the big craft stores started to come into vogue, like the Hobby Lobbies and Joann's and Michael's, and I think I probably was more exposed to those when I got into into college, I think. Um, But yeah, just could not get enough of any of those kind of things. So for me, it was more about colorful patterning. Um, I learned to sew in college, and now I love to quilt. So any of that kind of maker type stuff um, is really, that was kind of where I hung out when I was a kid.
1: Yeah, I always got into making, you know, things with leather and weaving stuff. And I had a a loom when I was a kid, so I could make cloth with it, oh, and it was cool. you know I was always making stuff also, but you know we had colored pencils and different kinds of paper and and um, we always made costumes for all the different holidays, and so it was it was all about we didn't call it crafting back then it was just making stuff
0: right exactly <laughs> that was sort of a invent of the I guess of the seventies and. Well, 60s even, right? Yeah, I think it's... macrame was big. Oh, yes. And my mom had bags and bags of yarn. She used to knit and crochet. And I remember uh, all of those kind of things. So I I grew up around it. I know my mom, uh, she used to do some oil painting and... Um, so it was kind of in my peripheral vision at all times, but yeah. we yeah. used to get
1: those paint-by-numbers.
0: Oh, yeah. kits
1: and mine were always disasters because I never <laughs> wanted to stay in the lines or follow what the painting was supposed to be. I always <laughs> wanted to invent my own. And so it was just constantly a battle with those little lines and numbers on the piece of paper, and I'd finally just throw it away and make my own thing.
0: <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? <laughs>
1: A little bit of independence there. Uh, Just
0: a bit. You know, crazy that you're now, you know, an amazing architectural designer and (laughs) architect and hello. Yeah. Well, and the other thing I remember clearly and just loving, I would hoard stationery. So back in the, you know, when I was probably in uh, junior high, the thing was to like stickers came out. And there you could go and spend a ton of money on these gorgeous, beautiful sticker sets. And then you would put those into handwritten letters. Of course, this was before email. So the thing was is you would actually write letters. And the cool thing was all these fun stationary sets. So the new technology was die-cut and laser cut paper. So they had these intricate designs. And what would what you do is there were like three or four or five layers that were intended you were supposed to buy all five pieces of paper and then they layered like it was a mountain scene with a beach and they were laser cut to overlay you know it was almost like a pop-up book where where you had all the layering of the of the imagery yeah very elaborate and I just could not get enough of it because it was texture and color and creativity and you know you could play
1: around with it
0: yes and then rubber stamps as well so anything with kind of paper crafts that was always very popular again with the art supplies and all of that so I'm sure I drove my mother crazy every time we'd go to the mall we'd have to go to the stationery store because you know I had to see what was new and you know had to get another piece so um, yeah so that was definitely a, a piece and then I was thinking we used to travel a lot because my dad was a commercial pilot so we flew everywhere and I couldn't take a lot of big stuff with me but what I did take were books and so what I remember clearly were the choose your own adventure books, and I'm sure they still make these, still publish these books. But what I'm what's what's sort of I'm realizing now is that that was design, right? If you could choose your own adventure, you could pick what your character did in the book. And so that whole idea of not following the rules and not just taking at face value what you were handed. But giving the option to make a decision on your own, that all ties into being, you know, being a designer and wanting to create something that hasn't been created before. Another thing that always fascinated me was puzzles
1: and taking things apart. It's Mm -hmm. to see how they work, which is still what fascinates me today. But I would do these huge, intricate jigsaw puzzles. And I remember one year, my One of my brothers gave me the red ball, which was just fire engine red. And it was just this one color, and it was about three feet across. And just drove me crazy, because all you had to go by was the shapes of the pieces. But I got it done. (laughs) And then also, um, I was a real fan of the invisible man and the invisible woman, because they were uh, these clear plastic bodies of the human form with all the organs and stuff inside and so you had to figure out how everything went together And so that was sort of on the extreme side but it was constantly figuring out how things worked and how things went together and I still do that today because you know building is basically how does it go together how does it fit how does everything work and that's the pure geek in me that, (laughs) (laughs) that pops out and I even had that as a kid You know, I was fascinated with how things worked. And I remember I got probably in second grade, it was uh, a subscription for Christmas to the All About book series. And it was all about, you name the subject, and I guess it was, there were maybe 20 books in the series. And it was all about deep sea diving or all about whatever it was, mostly scientific stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that was always fascinating because I could learn about how the world worked.
0: I think those are still around, and, and Matthew has shown interest in those.
1: Oh, well, yeah. it's a fascinating yeah, series. Yeah, they're pretty great. I hope they're updated.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hope they've made use of new technology and information. <laughs> yeah, because I
1: remember one was all about the bathysphere and this guy named BB Wow, where did that come from that I remembered his name? Oh, my goodness. And he was the first guy that had gone down in this round ball into the depths of the ocean to whatever the maximum depth was at that time whether it was a thousand feet or something and they had all these pictures of these weird fish because it was the first time that they had ever gone that deep into the ocean to be able to see the fish with the neon
0: oh, neon yeah. antennas
1: and the funny eyes and the weird shapes and they all look like aliens all the
0: luminescence and, and yes all that. Yeah. and uh
1: and I remember reading that book and going, oh, my gosh, it's a whole nother world.
0: Wow. That's so cool.
1: And this was back, you know, in the early years of that happening before they had all the robots that, you know, could go down and make it to the Titanic, and things like yeah. that. So it was pretty fascinating.
0: Well, and I remember when I was a kid, um, that was right around the time when the first home TV shows came on. So the... The, this old house and home time and um, do you remember the the man and the woman who were co-hosts and they would walk you through how to do renovations and yes. remodeling yes. and, you know, like, Here, we're going to replace the plumbing in the basement today. Yes. Da, da, da. And that fact that there was a woman who was the co-host and she was doing the work, like, that was eye-opening. That was awesome. A girl can do it, too. A girl can do it. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. I remember watching those things on Saturday mornings, and my mom would sit on the couch and do laundry and fold clothes, and I would just be like glued to it you know and that was back before dvr so you actually had to get there when the show started yeah and um boy we're doing a good job of dating ourselves right now aren't we
1: <laughs> well i can remember
0: oh here she goes <laughs> i can remember
1: the first tv that was in the town that i grew up in and it was in the window at the lax store which was sort of like western auto they had it there in the window, and nobody else had a TV yet in town.
0: Oh, my gosh. Little teeny
1: tiny Texas town. I've even got a picture of me with my family posing with that TV.
0: Oh, you're kidding.
1: And it was a black and white.
0: Uh-huh.
1: So then I grew up with a black and white TV. And I remember it was one of those old tube TVs and periodically it would go out and you'd have to go and hit it once or twice to Uh make it go again because the tubes would get kind of loose in their seats. (laughs) And then I remember it got to be color TV time. And that wasn't until I was almost, I guess I was in elementary school when that happened. So we had a friend in the neighborhood that actually got a color tv and so we would go over to their house and watch batman cuz batman was the first
0: oh yeah first
1: series that i can remember that actually had color and so it was pretty fascinating so i am really dating
0: myself <laughs> well i do remember that our first tv was still black and white and I do remember it was a really big day in our house when my dad brought home a color TV. Yeah. And it was the big console style. Oh, yes. oh my gosh. It yes. almost didn't fit on our brick fireplace hearth where it had to go in yeah. the family room. Yeah. It was like we thought we were so rich. Like, yeah. <laughs> like we just were real special. Woo-hoo. Very <laughs> fancy with this new TV. And it had a remote control. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You didn't have to get up and change the channel. Yeah. <laughs> pretty amazing very very high tech
1: yes but really when you think of you know think of what you loved as a kid and what effect it had on you and then look at the people around you and figure out what you can give them that might help them grow into being better people I know my son still gives me Legos for Christmas Mm -hmm. and I still get you know, kits of things to make because that's what I'm fascinated with. And so consider the person and, and find something that will pique their interest. And I think, you know, they'll really appreciate the gift.
0: Absolutely. Well, and when, you know, so when you're getting up at 5 a.m. or 2 a.m. or you're staying up all night for Black Friday, uh, you know, rather than just grabbing the, the plastic thing that is 60% off, really think about does this really feed the passions of who I'm giving it to? Or is this just to check it off a list? I know that's putting a lot of burden on <laughs> on all this <laughs> holiday shopping we're about to do, but it makes a big difference. And that gift will be remembered and kept for a really long time. That will be really special to that child um, or even to the adult. Because like you said, if once you figure out what sort of lights you up, that doesn't go away. No, I mean it I'm still happy as anything to get a brand new set of Crayola markers. They've got some really cool sets now, and I'm just like, okay, um, I'm sorry, Matthew and Nathan, those are mommies. You you don't get to color with my markers. Those are mine.
1: That's a special color.
0: <laughs> it's kind of like my fabric scissors. Don't you dare touch my scissors. Oh, you better not. Oh, do not go near mommy scissors. Jeez, yeah so it it makes a difference and it's really kind of fun to to think back as to what we had and what what might have influenced us who knows or it's actually kind of fun to think about the fact that we've been architects ever since we were little and it just took us a while to get to to the point where we could be an architect so that's kind of fun when you look at your kids and think gosh it's in there somewhere we just got to do what we can to pull it out yeah just give them those creative outlets Mm -hmm. and they will grow yeah that's really fun to watch so we hope that was kind of fun hopefully some of you can reminisce with us and um, whatever we were discussing hopefully is going to be familiar to you um, we're going to put some notes and uh, links to as many of these things as we can think of in our show notes. So please go to the architecturehappyhour.com or to our architecture website is hpdarch.arch.com, And you'll find the show notes for this episode right there. And um, feel free to leave us a comment if you think of something that you just know was part of your childhood and and was a really special part of making you who you are today, we would love, love, love to hear all about that because that's so much fun. Um, and of course, connect with us on Facebook and um, Instagram. You can find us at Arch Happy Hour and uh, any other place, you know, we're on Twitter and all the, you know, all the good social media places. So, um, and then coming up in a couple of weeks, we're going to be having our last Architecture Happy Hour meetup of 2018 so keep an eye out for our meetup page and we will be posting that event soon and um, hopefully if you're here in the dallas area that you will please come and join us because we'd love to meet you in person until next time bye bye bye